1: Yeah, you get it. Every time.
2: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: Welcome to a journey of transformation empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite,
4: The Secret to Success is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes for creators, entrepreneurs, and curious people everywhere. You can take classes in freelance and entrepreneurship, marketing and productivity, you name it, they've got it. So whether you're picking up a new skill for your day job, figuring out your next side project, or pursuing a longtime passion, Skillshare has classes for you. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right, Skillshare is offering The Secret to Success listeners two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash capital A, capital N, capital T, Capital O, Capital N, Capital I, Capital O. Again, go to Skillshare.com/antonio to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com/antonio. We are the De Marie Group. I'm Grace. I'm Diana, and we are here to tell you about the greatness of the Secret to Success podcast with Antonio T. Smith Jr.
2: It is an amazing podcast where Antonio interviews famous millionaires from around the world.
4: He also interviews famous billionaires as well, and it's very informative, very engaging. He always keeps you entertained and on the edge of your seat. He talks about anything from CBD to quantum physics to the law of attraction. That's me. And so you want to make sure that you tune in and listen to this podcast with Antonio T. Smith Jr. Tell them how they can check it out. You can go to
2: any of your favorite web browsers, type in Secret to Success and Antonio T. Smith Jr., and it will come up for your listening pleasure.
1: Check it out. Secret to Success by me. (laughs) Hey, everybody. I just want to warn you about this episode here. There are a lot of tears. There is a... New friend of mine, her name is Dr. Nisi Hamilton, and she was a victim of sex trafficking for many years. And her and I have a lot of common or in common, I should say. Remember, well, if you if you've been following me for a while, you know I grew up homeless from six to fourteen and aged out of CPS custody at eighteen. And being homeless fifty-four pounds, forty-six pounds. I was raped and molested at six, seven, eight, nine years old. And so that comes up. Uh, we're going to teach you the secret to success of how to overcome sex trafficking, overcome. Uh, just a bad childhood, a bad anything. So this episode is powerful. But if you're like Nisi. If you're like me and you have been sexually abused or anything like that. You know, it may hit. We, we're going to hit some triggers. Um, she cries in this episode. There will be tears. So I just wanted to help you out. Just wanted to warn you at the same time. This episode will change the world. So do me a favor and go out there and share it. You never know who is one hug away from suicide. And so it's our job to make sure that they get the help that they need. Enjoy this episode. You're going to love it. At the same time, there will be hitting some triggers. So I love you, and see you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, ah, this is an extreme pleasure.
5: I have a good friend of mine here, but before we get to her and her well-put-together self, I mean, all her edges are laid. Her eyebrows stay done, and her teeth are as white as snow. That would be Niecy, but she's not just Niecy. She's something else. She is a fireball, which I'm pretty sure you would hear. She's also running for Houston City Council, specifically District D. She is immediately becoming one of my friends. She is PhD, Dr. Niecy Hamilton, She's a comedian, national comedian, motivational speaker, and believe this, she's a mother of seven. Doesn't <laughs> even look like she doesn't even look like she ate bread her whole life. And she's a mother <laughs> of seven. <laughs> she's a chief marketing and chief operating officer of Equally Yoke, which we'll talk about, which is an underground restaurant, hospitality, all good stuff there with the who is her husband. His name is Kenneth Hamilton. Ladies and gentlemen, to get all the introduction stuff, I've got to let you or let her talk for herself. She is a fantastic person. Niecy, won't you come in your own way and really tell us who you are?
6: Oh, hey, everybody. Thank you, Antonio, for having me on the show today. This is so amazing. I'm excited and happy and nervous all at the same time, (laughs) but I love you. Um, uh, I cannot just wait to tell you guys my story. Um, and I'm so glad Antonio was able to talk about Equally Yoke and just some of the things that we do, uh, here in Houston. And, uh, cause I know Antonio, you're in Galveston, right?
5: That is right. Galveston, Texas.
6: Yeah. So I'll actually be out there Sunday. Hopefully I'll see you. Cause we're going to do the March, uh, for the young man who was, um, taken by the rope by the two uh caucasian police officers on horseback
5: gotcha so, yeah. yeah 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 that did that happened right in Gauss and that that did happen well if you bring some merlot you're pretty much guaranteed to see me that the merlot tends uh, to pull me out. i'm a well, i'm an I'm introvert the right <laughs> there it is you know i'm an introvert <laughs> but when you people say merlot or something like that i go huh huh, y'all, y'all doing stuff outside, right? Something like that. Yeah, that'll get me out there. Man, Nisi, it's such a, pl- I, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I met Nisi at, they were, it was a big forum in Houston that had a lot of kids involved. Yes. And it was, it was conversation with the candidates. It's what it was. Yes. And it were everyone from council members to presidential, like United States president of the world, right? No, president of the United States. And a bunch of city council, and it was it was a beautiful uh, boy. It was like twenty different candidates, and yeah. Nisi came through, y'all. And y'all know me, okay. And Nisi, I don't know if you know, but about thirty to sixty thousand people are gonna hear you in the first thirty days, okay? No pressure, no pressure, oh. no pressure <laughs> at all. But this is a huge podcast, huge network. But I don't know if y'all know. And they know I'm charismatic. I got it going on. I steal the show. And Nisi came through and stole everything. Nobody even wanted to talk no more because she just came through with her microphone. Before we get to any questions, what makes you so magnetic the way you are? We, We have to know that.
6: Oh my God. You know what? You remember in the Bible when they said Jonah was running from the Lord? And, 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 and God was like, Jonah, you know, you're supposed to be over there. And he was like, I ain't going over there to save them people. cause You you know, either you're going to kill them or you're going to keep them alive. And, and I ain't trying to see neither one of it. you know. It it, yeah. it's, it was one of those things where I had to really dig deep and figure out which way was I going to go. Was, was I going to keep running from God? And, and not deal with these issues because it didn't just affect me it affected everybody or take the road the hard road which uh, most pastors say bearing your own cross bear my own cross take this road and be the most vulnerable that I've ever been in my whole entire life and open up to the world about what happened to me so that I can go and save others and let others know that there is a way out I think that was the that was the biggest thing was letting people know that there was a way out and then how to actually get out of something, you know, that was, that was my crucifix. Like that was my cross. And and you become buried in your problems. um, Once you decide to become public, you know, it's like, yep, yep. Ooh, they're going to know about this. Ooh, we got to talk about this. Ooh, I got to explain this. Ah, I don't want to say it. And, you know, it automatically made me think of Jonah, but, and that's just a biblical perspective. Um, and i and I'm going to reference the Bible to a lot of things because we think that the characters, we think that God gave us the characters in those Bible, in the Bible, um, as a form of leadership that was to die off, but the leadership is still present today. And we forget how to deal with things and we forget about the power of manifestation. Um, then as going along, my, my character developed, uh, with Rahab, watching her become this woman who was sex trafficked, and then being able to have a, a seat at the table. She was one of our first uh, war strategists. And we remember her for being a prostitute, uh, but we forget about her saving her family. And I, I just, you know, it, I'm telling you, it took, it took God, it took the Holy Spirit to say, listen, you are that person you are that person to go out and develop the strategy because only you can do it. You know, the ins and outs, you have the tools, you are an intelligent resource and we, and we need to use you for the kingdom. I need you. you know what? Like, I'm
5: glad you said that. I'm glad. Hold on. Let me stop you right there. Because you said Ooh. so much. They don't, they don't know you. They don't right. know you. So hold on real quick. Cause you said, you're a resource. You're an intelligent resource, and you mentioned the word prostitute and all this stuff. Let's back up real quick, because you said earlier. Well, you know, I've been through some stuff. Okay, but how? Yeah. Because you've worked with big brands, Oprah, yes. Disney, Famous yes. Footwear, Wear Ultra, Cirque de Soleil, Toyota, Wired Magazines, Gentleman Jack's Whiskey, and so on yes. and so on. I've done my research. Don't get it twisted. I've done my research, ah! right? You were. So you you didn't have this perfect life. What you mean yeah. you went through something, All right? Tell us. I know what you went through, but tell us. That looks perfect. That looks like privilege. Okay. Right. Do you come for privilege? Start at the beginning. Tell us what you went through, what you used to be, and you know what, going your own way. I won't lead you no more.
6: Okay. Um. <laughs> you guys just work with me because it's. For other people, it's easier to listen to than it is to say it. So, um, and that was another reason why I didn't want to tell my story because I kept thinking, oh, as soon as the brands that I've worked with find out, they might not want to hire me again or they might not want me to be associated with the brand, you know. So this was uh, a big thing. But at any rate, um, for my girls that are being sex trafficked as well as my boys, in my LGBT community. Um, when I was a, a child, I was homeless. And I was about 14 years old when I was in court with my mom and I was asked um, to be emancipated. And I said no to divorcing my mother because I couldn't see myself saying to this African-American woman, no matter the state she was in, um, no matter the destitute, Uh, she had, you know, experience in her life um, that she was no longer my mother on paper. And I don't know if you guys will ever know what that feels like or ever been in that position to be able to publicly deny your parents. Um, It is not an easy thing and it does not feel good. And I recommend that you never do it. Never divorce your parents in less strenuous circumstances. I know it's a case by case. We do have some abusive parents out there. But my mother was not abusive to me. She was just going through some things that I did not particularly understand. And 14 is too young to understand any type of uh, catastrophe. But I did understand being separated from family in which I was. When I was returned home to the one living relative that I did have, which was my grandmother, she passed away about six months of me coming back home. And because um, I did not have a legal parent I was um, abandoned and uh, ended up living behind a Walmart because I didn't know where else to go. I did not know what resources that were available to me. And um, I was living behind a Walmart in a cardboard box. And I quickly saw myself eating out of a trash can, um, having to take a bath in the Walmart bathrooms. Um, having to, you know, basically, Walmart became a big resource to me for everything, and um, I started forging my mother's and my grandmother's signatures to stay in high school, because I did not want the school to know that I was homeless, or that I was having issues. I didn't want the the life that I did know as a child to go away. I mean, because I still had friends you know, and their, and their parents knew, and their family knew, I'm sorry guys, I had a call that ended it, Um, but their family knew, their parents knew, and everybody would offer me resources in between time, so that I could finish school, and things like that, but I, I still, um, and at that time, I was pregnant, I ended up pregnant, the, the tables turned after the pregnancy, because I had nowhere to I couldn't forge signatures anymore because I was 15, and I you needed a parent to enroll your child into daycare. You know, the things started the more I started needing more things that I was able to to have the adult to speak up for me to have. You know, I could apply for resources and things like that, but there were just certain things that I I couldn't get to. Um, and what happened to me was I was. I had a purse, and um, I would take my baby and put my baby in the purse and take my baby into school with me because I had nowhere to leave my child. And because I couldn't enroll into another school that um, took teenage girls who were pregnant or teenage girls who had children because I didn't have parents, My school counselor at that time recommended that um, you know it was best for me to drop out of school, which I did, and to get my GED, which I did, and uh, it was the hardest thing for me because I don't know. I'm about to cry thinking about it.
5: (laughs) No, we need those tears. That's that's TV. (laughs) Because
6: you know, and it's hard for people to understand you know, I had already lost my family, but when you start to lose your friends or you start to be, you know, separated from more things, you know, the exposure to abuse becomes so much more evident. Um, The exposure to rejection becomes so much more just so much on a a bigger platform than what I expected it to be so you know losing my family and then losing my friends it was like oh my god I lost everything you know because I was trying to hold on as much as I could while in school um and I was also running from some things um being behind at Walmart um with my child and experiencing homelessness as a a teenager in high school and not being able to have those resources to help me, um, I was immediately sucked into human trafficking. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't know how to explain it to you guys, but I can say this, when people know that you have absolutely no one And there's no one available to you yeah it's so much easier for them to convince you that their ideas or that they wear their way of life is the best way of life and that's that's what you know what i mean and so that's what ended up happening to me now So you guys can understand um, basic terminology of human trafficking, which is prostitution, which is stripping, uh, usually is done in most um, bars, uh, things like that, um, or what they call titty clubs. Um, You know, when you, when you 15 years old in that atmosphere, you know, you're not thinking uh, I'm being trafficked. You're thinking this is a way of life or this is the only way this can, you know, be done, or I can rectify the situation quicker, I can get to an apartment quicker, I can get to some type of safety quicker. Um, And it was something I didn't ask for. The the, the girls in sex trafficking groups, um, they become so protective, and they make you feel welcomed and they make you feel like, oh, you know, everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to be so much better now um, until you learn that you don't get to keep any of your money. Until you learn that the, that the resource that you have is only one resource, which is your pimp. Until you learn that the, the man that you don't know is your pimp you think it's your boyfriend or somebody you actually in a relationship with has uh other girls that he's doing this to you don't recognize it you you become um socially independent you know interdependent and um i i had no idea because i was trafficked for three years of my life you know, the Stockholm syndrome, um, not wanting to leave, not knowing that there's a better life or a better way. Um, it's, it's terrible, you guys. Um, and I think the, the scariest thing was knowing that, um, and I was around different cultures of girls, white girls, Asian girls. Hispanic girls, um, uh, lots of black girls, uh, the scariest thing was, was them knowing that because that had happened to me, no one was ever going to come and look for me. And, um, and nobody did it. <laughs> I think that When you learn that police officers are involved, when you learn that politicians are involved, when you learn that, you know, your teacher um, is involved, you don't you don't think about who you can go and tell who you can go and run to, who you can go and ask advice from. There
5: is nobody to tell.
6: Yeah, it there is nobody to tell. It no, it no. Is, it's so scary. And I have to yeah. constantly like, you know, I I have to deal with the issue of being between paranoia and just being a regular mom and saying, you know, okay, um I will allow you to walk to school this week, but maybe next week, you know, you, you don't walk to school. You know, you, you try to have those boundaries because in the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh, my baby can be picked up, you know, or you, you're constantly thinking what happened to you can happen to your children. You know what I mean? So just trying yeah, to have no. a- It's
5: rough. It's rough, and, and I, I have to let you know that. So I'm, I'm enjoying your story, and from a different level than most people because so you don't every time we've met has been on something else Mm -hmm. and you don't know unless, unless you kept following me and stuff that we have the same story. I don't think you know that.
3: Okay. Yeah. They
5: think you do that. Yeah. so I was homeless from six to 14 and was getting, was getting raped at six. Raped and molested at six and seven, didn't stop until eleven. I'm, I'm what, fifty-four pounds. If that out on the street slept in a trash can, wow. For for quite some time. So as I hear you, I'm listening and I'm going. And I heard it the first time. That's why I want you to be on the show. And I never got caught up in sex trafficking. I got caught up in black sexual abuse, which is a total different thing that, you know, anyway, well, that's a whole well, different no, psychological it is conversation.
6: No, yeah. it is, Antonio, that is trafficking, you know, and, and that's why I say I want you to look at it in terms like this. So when we think about uh, AK-47, which, um, you know, guns, it's a gun, and then you think about that's it, true. you think about heroin, which is a drug, you know, how many times can you retail a gun in heroin?
5: Over and over and over. <laughs> well no, yeah. I mean,
6: but really cause somebody yeah. got to do the heroin, you know, and eventually somebody got to shoot the gun. So the retail somebody of it, shoot it right is one time. But when you yeah. get down to our girls and our boys, you could trade a, a young girl, you could trade a young boy ten to fifteen times a day. A day. A
5: and day. so with you, the younger the better.
6: The younger the better. And so when you get into, when you, when you get to thinking about uh, servitude and human trafficking, in terms of doing this 10 to 15 times a day, which is very disturbing, um, you know, out of, in five years of servitude, you'd be went went through about 6,000 people.
5: Yeah.
6: For people yeah. that... One
5: of the people that volunteer for me. I spent 25 years on the street as a prostitute call girl. One of the people that volunteered for me, it's, 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 a real deal. And so I'm, first off, let me just honor you. Fantastic. We got to go deeper though. We need some more tears. we got to go deeper because you're running for Houston council, Houston city council district D and I want, first off, let me just tell y'all ladies and gentlemen, she, she's been talking now for, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes. You say I'm actively listening, being quiet. And she ain't mentioned this. I'm the one who mentioned she's running the floor. You understand what I'm saying? I just I need them to hear your heart, how you didn't come on here trying to be political. Oh, well, you know, ladies and gentlemen, right. I'm, DC, I'm telling I, you, know, I, I, you, know that's not what you're doing. That's not what you're doing, right? It, it, it doesn't make sense for a politician to cry on a podcast that yeah, you did, right? Right. It was a cry of strength though right it wasn't right weakness. it was you know yeah yeah no no you know it was definitely so let, let's go back a little bit I want to finish ripping your skin off so thank you for allowing Uh-oh. me to rip your skin off thank you very much when did you well you, you said a few things you, you, you said so much we can talk about everything you said in six different podcasts let's just bring up a few powerful things you said that I'm interdependent. We can talk about that forever, right? Then you said that, and I don't even know that this is wrong. I adapted to my pimp doing this for other people. That's just normal, okay? It, it, at, at this point, this is how life works, and I know he loved me. I know I'm loved, right? And you didn't say it, but me going through what I went through, I heard it, then it starts to feel good to you, right? right? Yeah, and then you, you it, it's like, man, I know it shouldn't feel good, now it does feel good, and then when you start waking up, you are mad that it does feel good, right? It's just all this stuff happening to you at once. All of that we can talk about for hours, and so we're not even gonna talk about none of it, although we would do a total disservice when we don't talk about it It's, it's so much. I do want to bring up this here, though. Two things. When did you know that you were being trafficked or – actually, let me take it back. When did you know that your body was being retailed, resold, exchanged, cut up, and into from heroin to this strand to this strand of cocaine to crack cocaine i mean you would just be repurposed okay that's a fantastic word for it repurpose Mm -hmm. wipe it off let's get you some more when did you and this is a hard question i'm just telling you when did you know it was happening and your survival instincts made it okay so your brain wouldn't commit suicide
4: the Secret to Success is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes for creators, entrepreneurs, and curious people everywhere. You can take classes in freelance and entrepreneurship, marketing and productivity, you name it, they've got it. So whether you're picking up a new skill for your day job, figuring out your next side project, or pursuing a longtime passion, Skillshare has classes for you. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right, Skillshare is offering The Secret to Success listeners two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash capital A, capital N, capital T, capital O, capital N, capital I, capital O. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash Antonio to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash Antonio. I
6: was was working one night and we had a really big party to do. And uh, there was um, some Canadian guys and they came from like a major company. And um, the guy was having like issues with his wife or something like that. And um, and he, had, they have uh, what you call the VIP room. And he asked for a certain amount of girls to go to the VIP room and stuff. So we all went. And I remember when I sat down with him and he looked at me. And he said, "You know, I don't." He said, "I don't even want to do anything with you." He said, "I'm gonna pay you uh, for spending time with me and just talking to me." And this was the first time that I had anybody just pay me just for talking to me. That was that was it. There was there was nothing in in exchange. And um, and he looked at me and he said, "You know, only if you knew you were the greatest marketer in the world." And I said. What's marketing? And um, uh, and he went into telling me what marketing was and what it meant. and and so because I I did not have education about my retail experience as as a as a uh, performer or, or just as a you know being trafficked that way. Um, I did not know that that could be broken down into um, different segments that that were that could be institutionalized in a way to make me productive, a productive citizen. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know that selling myself was no different than you selling the actual product. That's marketing. I didn't know that counting money at the end of the night is no different, and you know, and basically uh, managing that money or managing that lifestyle was no different than accounting or what you can do at an accounting firm when you're managing a business's uh portfolio. You know, I didn't know um that going up and down a pole is no different than uh working in construction and doing scaffolding.
5: Yeah. yeah. None
6: of you know, like the miseducation was was there. And I remember I remember trying to figure out and that's what i know about it now um because i had been like i said traffic for so long but um i remember i wanted to know what marketing was, was so bad i remember going into greenspoint mall and it was a recruiter it was early in the morning and i was uh i believe at the time i was at new york and company um it, it, as well so i was working there during the during the day and then at nighttime um, being trafficked and stuff. And I remember saying, you know, what is what is marketing? And the recruiter was like, um, if, if you're interested in marketing, you know, what about the military? You know, have you ever thought about the military? Have you ever thought about, you know, da 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 And I'm like, what's the military? You know, like, I had, I, I didn't know, I was so lost.
5: Yeah, me too. <laughs> you
6: know, like, I was so secluded from life even though I was experiencing life that I didn't even know what it was that I was experiencing. That's how that's how uh disconnected from the world I was because I really didn't know. Um I remember going in that office and talking to him and I having to tell him you, you know he said, "What's your address?" And I remember saying, "Well, I can't, I can't give my address out." You know, like when he started asking me questions about myself, then I yeah. started realizing that I, I didn't have none of this stuff. Like, yeah. I didn't have an address. I didn't have. I didn't. I didn't know. Um, What my birth certificate was. Because like I told you, I I was forging everything. I knew what was written on papers before. Um, I didn't know how to get access to a social security card. Um, I didn't know that I was supposed to have an ID. Um, I didn't know that you could go and get a driver's license, how to get it. Um, Because my life had been such a secret. Because I was, I was a somebody in the nobody's land, like,
5: mm.
6: you know what I mean? That's
5: deep. That's deep, That's
6: Deep. Like, I, I, I was not supposed to know any. Like, like, I could not know any more than what my pimp told me. I could know about myself or about my surroundings, or yeah about my child or about my address or about where I lived. You know what I mean? And once yeah, I realized I that I couldn't answer his questions and that I couldn't give him that information, he started wanting to know why I couldn't give him that information.
5: Yep. Yep.
6: And yep. that's that's what that's what broke. It, he, he, he was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You're doing what? Where? Mm -hmm. Uh, And and you don't have an address? Who's your, you know, when it got down to questions like, who's your mom? Who's your dad? And I couldn't answer. It was real for him. And so then it became, I got to save her versus let me throw her away. Like every other person has. And so, uh, that man, (laughs) I remember Reese Tyler, that's his name. (laughs) Shout out to
5: Reese, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you very much.
6: (laughs) He saved my life because he fought. They had to, and it was so bad that when when I went to MEPS in Houston, they had to. I had to have a waiver for my tattoos. <laughs> I had, to, I had yeah. to have a waiver for my address. I had to have a waiver for my GED. I had to have a waiver for my children. I had to, I had to have a waiver for um, not knowing who my parents were. They had to give me a waiver to protect me as well as yeah. themselves to hide my identity.
5: So yep. that nobody would find me. And you know what's crazy? When I went to MEPS, I had to have a waiver for my right arm because I was injured. Yeah. I had to have a waiver for both my parents because, like legally, according to the yes. United States government, my parents are unknown. as far as they're concerned, yes. that's <laughs> that's, <laughs> it's that's unknown. Listed in both categories. Yeah. Both of them. so I completely'm I'm, I'm not just hearing you I'm hearing you <sighs> through the experience of what you went through in fact I only start talking to save you you used to jump on the samurai sword I was telling you know, I was <laughs> like all right let me stop her she's she's gonna lose it all right no and, and that's 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 why I wanted you on when I heard you talk and ladies and gentlemen if you didn't know she she was talking and she was talking to this bunch of kids and the kids were mostly women or, or young
6: women. Young I women. Should
5: say. Yeah, yeah, young women. So her her instincts came out. She she's immediately she goes into protector mode. Listen, I'm running for counsel, but forget all that. You young women. And she changed yes. the whole event. <laughs> she changed the whole event to wait a minute, wait a minute, let's help these women and I was like, Wow, this lady really, really Has something there and I really want her to to educate my audience on sex trafficking. And before we get to, and I don't even want to spend too much time on the specifics, but I need people to understand us,
3: right? Because
5: today, my terrible story has made me famous, okay? It gets me paid. As a matter of fact, at the moment we're speaking, there are some, I can't because I got an NDA or anyway. There are some people with Hollywood connections or in Hollywood, I won't say much, that are trying to make a life story out of my story. That, I have no other way to say this, but that shit sucks. Okay? I have no, I can't think yeah, of a better way. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of a better way. It's so terrible for the Houston uh, Hamilton, Nisi Hamilton, running for Houston Council. I apologize, but
6: no, and it's okay because it's what. Yeah, I tell there's
5: not the way to describe my childhood.
6: Yeah, because and I tell people, and I want them to understand and to respect. I am the first African American woman to be running for office as a survivor of human trafficking. This has never been done before, ever, because most of the time when you hear human trafficking, or you, you, you know, you think rescue, you think hide. You think uh, a runaway person, or you think shelter, you think food. Never do you think public office, compete professionally, uh, competitive workspaces. You don't think like that. And people count us out because they think that we're not intelligent. Even when I'm speaking on my Mm. platform, I don't even bring up my degrees. I don't even bring them up because I'm like, you know what? To compete professionally has nothing to do with my level of intelligence has everything to do with my skill and yeah. I am a very skillful person and I don't want to be um ostracized because I was on the pole and mm. for my haters if you really think about it I'm still on the pole I just went from a P-O-L-E to a P-O-L-L so
5: right oh, not talk <laughs>
6: <laughs> you know and, and It was not something that I, like I said, it was not something I asked for. It wasn't something I wanted to do or wanted to be a part of. It's just that um, broken systems and broken policies, I'm all too familiar with them. Injustices and, and living in disparity, I'm very familiar with it. Being homeless... I'm very familiar with it. Not having education, I'm very familiar with it. Looking at people bastardize our children because of economic and income differences, I'm very familiar with it. Dealing with healthcare racism, I'm very familiar with it. So, this is not something that I have not personally uh, just dealt with. This is something I've been dealing with all of my life. This is not just some i dealt with just in politics, you know, I didn't understand that my life was political or that I had overcome things that people were giving up on so much or that people had quit. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is my sacrifice. This is my cross and I'm bearing it for the people who don't have a voice. This is the reason. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get into stomping on stereotypes, I'm stomping on all of them.
3: Oh yeah.
5: You are you are definitely a problem. You're you are <laughs> you you are yeah. <laughs> you're definitely a problem because one, you're supposed to be a statistic and the people who want you to be yeah. a statistic have a major problem. They and they can't even throw up your background running against you because it's already out there. You I mean, can't use it against you. <laughs> yeah, it's already out there. Let me Let's educate the people. How 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 bad is sex trafficking in Houston, Texas?
6: We're number one.
5: Mm, mm,
6: mm, number mm. one for human trafficking. And right now, currently we have forty-three thousand missing persons and most of them are minors.
5: I'm glad every you said two, that because every
6: two minutes mm-hmm. in Houston there's a child being sold and
5: bought for sex. Okay, you should repeat that because somebody needs to hear that again.
6: Every two minutes in Houston, Texas, a child is being sold or bought for sex.
5: I'm glad. I hope y'all hear that. Houston is a hotbed for human trafficking, sex trafficking. And let me tell you what I know, and then, Nishi, add value for me. Add on top of what I'm about to say. I've seen gold, what do you call it? The, we sell gold or we buy gold stores mm-hmm. as fronts for, for human trafficking shops. I've That's seen, true. yeah, yeah. I've seen whole, like they have a whole, I mean, a section of hotels that is their main clients are to run in and out Sex trafficking of minors. Not not not, not you know and the hotel owner is it can only happen at the owner's permission and he or she is in on it. I've seen what,
6: that. Even and, so as long as you have an ID and the twenty dollars for the for the two hours, you good.
5: You good. Just like yeah, that. The, Just yeah, like that. The,
6: Pimp, the, the pimps right now are making 100% of the money, and sex trafficking has turned into a billion-dollar business.
5: Oh, yeah. Billions. Billions. Well, it's is at billion. the end. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There is a place in Houston, Texas that educated me on sex trafficking. It's called Elijah Rising. Yes. And yes, and I I had to uh, shout out to them. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's 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 so much going on. Let's 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 see if we can just dive just just a little bit deeper. Cause I know we gotta go, but let, let's see if we can just go just a little deeper. More. Sex trafficking, according to numbers, we have more people, sex or human traffic slaves than all of slavery combined throughout human history. Right now, today, mm-hmm. currently, there are more people caught up in sex trafficking than all of humanity has been enslaved in human history. What would you say to that, that statistic, that statement?
6: Um, and I was just looking up my points uh, from, from Homeland Security. It is very true. On average, crazy. it's estimated that 7,200 men, half of them in their 30s, uh, seek to purchase sex from adolescent girls. And we're talking about starting at the age of, of uh, nine years old. And so this is averaging to about 300 times a day.
5: That's
6: crazy. So when we, hear, so when we hear things like, the T E A getting ready to shut down uh HISD schools. Uh we start thinking about the truancy or thinking about the crime rate, especially over here in District D. Nobody ever thinks that human trafficking is playing a part in in this piece yeah. of misinformation because it buried down well is. Yeah, I got, girls I got put up into the truancy school. plenty of times. Yeah. The girls are missing school. The boys are missing school, um, and being trafficked just as much. Forty percent of them are African American girls that are being um, that are being trafficked in in middle school.
5: Right, and ladies, and gentlemen, that comes from culture, right? What happens in the stays in the town, We yep. can't afford lawyers. You know the the. You know what let me let, let me throw you let, let me throw you that question. What would you say to let's talk about the black family real quick because and I say this with great respect, but this is not something I'm making up. This is psychological thing all but anyway let me just say it black sexual abuse yep is so high. Yes, it is. In our communities, for different reasons, I won't say, Lisa, you are the expert here. Can you list a few reasons why we keep perpetuating and fueling the cycle of why it's so prevalent in the Black community to be sexually assaulted, sexually abused, or anything around or in between it?
6: One of the main reasons is because we never dealt with it from, from our past. And, and I could say this, speaking to my mother's story, because my mother was murdered in 2008. And um, HPD didn't tell me about it until 2011, because she didn't have any relatives. And I wasn't listed as a relative, even though I was her child. Um, my mother was a product of a rape. So my grandmother was raped, had my mother. She never met her father. My aunt and uncle's uh, father was sleeping with my mother from 11 years old to 13. And when she got older, she continued to sleep with him as well. And then the family blamed her. He was never charged. There was no investigation. That they never questioned uh, his uh, psychological state or her psychological state and my mother de- dealt with a lot of mental illness um, because of that, experiencing that from her mother and watching basically watching her mother sell her in regards to saving the family or keeping the house together because The women at that time did not work, and the income was solely dependent on that one man, that whatever that one man wanted, they catered to that particular person so that they could keep the family together by allowing the girls, especially the older girls, to be molested.
2: Mm. And that's Mm. what
6: happened in African-American households.
5: Hey, I hope you know you need to write a book for sure. You really do. You need to write a book. Oh, yeah. I hope you know that. But we got to get we, together. So, let's,
6: let's partner up, Antonio. Let's do it.
5: All right, all right. Now you're talking. You're talking now. Let me. Let me. Let me throw you one more. In that same area, we have a hush hush culture.
6: Yes, we do.
5: If 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 Nisi is to be molested in the house, she better not go outside. And, and I'm and I'm gonna I'm be I'm gonna say it the way it is. You better not go outside and put some white folk in our business. Yep. So that's yep. at least that's how it came. From maybe I'm just speaking from my no, side. No, you're absolutely right.
6: That's exactly that's exactly how it happened. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what the African American culture. And it is so sad and I'm very disheartened by that being the only solution. Instead of dealing with the rapists, the rapists are mm. never dealt with. Just the children, and the children are the ones to blame for everything. So we'll and we quick to say, "Oh, she bad." Oh, you she know what? I'm
5: glad you said that because now we got to take it out of blackness and we got to get to men. We blame. Victims. We can't wait to, to say Niecy was fast. Her booty too big. She dressing too short. Whatever. We we can't wait to take the blame off us and put it on you. Why don't you address that.
6: Yeah. Well, okay. So growing up, I was immediately counseled out because the only conversation I ever heard was, "You're gonna be just like your mama," mm. and I'm. Mm. I'm I'm mm. all my life trying to figure out what the hell is being just like my mama. What you mean? I'm gonna be on crack or something. I never did crack a day in my life. I don't even do drugs now. I'm like, I don't what does it mean to be just like my mama? To be loving, to be sweet, to be kind, to wanna cook, to wanna take care of my children, to wanna have a, a, a good life. What what does that mean? Because all I knew was the bad things about my mother. I never knew any of the good things about my mother and I was mentally enslaved to think that I was going to have this horrible life and my family was projecting to me to have a life just like my family, I mean, just like my mother, because of the life that my mother had.
3: So hmm. I was uh,
6: ostracized uh, and, and just mentally castrated you know, from from ever living a life that I live right now. I, I Let me tell you, I'm where I'm at right now, I'm not even supposed to be right here right now.
5: No, it's a beautiful home. It's a beautiful home. I mean, it's beautiful home. I, know, right? I, I miss you my free here, meal. I, I miss my free meal. Yeah, I miss my free meal. Yeah. I miss my free meal. But, but, yes, it's a beautiful home. It takes up a whole half a block, y'all. I'm telling you. He rich. That's God. He is. <laughs> I'm telling you, the
6: manifestation of God is real. I was living behind that Walmart, and I told God, I said, God, I'm so glad I didn't complain while I was behind that Walmart, because, Lord, I the, the peace I was living there is about the size of the house right now, and now I wish well, I was I living know behind that's a right. super Walmart so I could have an even bigger house.
5: <laughs> yeah, even bigger uh You got that neighborhood Walmart, that small yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, you 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 said something so, so fabulous. First off, it's just been a pleasure having you here. And I just, let me just point out again. Audience, y'all ain't heard her say, you know what, vote for me. You ain't heard that. No. Okay. Because that's not, now, now that is always the agenda. She wants to win, but yes. that's not, that that's not her heart. Her heart is to be transparent, be genuine. And that's why, that's why she's going to win, right? That's yes, the- gonna win. Gonna win. Yeah, exactly why she's going to win. Exactly, because you're a real I want
6: candidate. I the young girls. You know what, Antonio, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I remember growing up in, in, in school, they said, you could be whatever it is you want to be. And the first thing they threw out was, you could be the president if you want to be the president. That's
5: the first and thing they
6: said. That's the first thing they said. And mainly they was talking to the boys, you know, because we yeah. know at that time, thinking of a woman becoming president, That was unheard of but it doesn't mean that it couldn't happen we were we were open to those possibilities so you know picture me like that picture me being that 15 year old girl that you said you said i could grow to be whatever it was that i wanted to be and now i'm here in the position ready to be whatever it is that i want to be are you really going to deny me the opportunity to become something bigger than what life told me that I could be.
5: See, that's amazing. See, you know, so that, that's I'm gonna say one more thing, and I'm done. I'm done because we're gonna have to bring you back. We got to like chronicle. We're gonna have to. It's just too much, right? There's no way we can cover <laughs> what is me see in an hour or something, right? It's just no way. I am, and I, and I want you to speak to what I'm getting ready to say because you just spoke upon it. I am a child. Of a, I. It's not really way to say this respectively. I'm a child of a prostitute, crackhead, yes, mother, yes, and a rape and a rapist father. Okay, yes. To this day, to to the excuse me, excuse me. Not a rapist father, a what you would call sex trafficking.
6: Yes, my mother.
5: Underage, you understand? Underage, he's right. Sex trafficking, yes. underage, minor rapist father—at least according to his prison record and what he's in there for now, at like this very moment. Okay. So when you said you was mentally castrated from jump, I never had a shot. Right? Hey, you act just if it was like, if 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 I was. Do anything loose, I act like my mama. If I showed any dominance, I act like my daddy, right? If I was around any one of the other gender, I act like my daddy. I never, ever, ever had a chance. I, I am a statistic through and through. So I want you to speak life over some young boy out there or a young woman who, like you and me, your mama was murdered. I, I even I've never even heard anything about your father, right? So it it because we both had double strikes. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Because we strikes. don't
6: know who he is, but he is presumed to be a family member.
5: Yep, that's how that works. That's how that works. That because that's a, all right. So we don't know the father. Traffic through the man in the family. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So traffic through the man and the family. And if so, if you if you do have well, you know we got a father, but he ain't nothing. That's what they go say, right? She mm-hmm. ain't nothing and you ain't gonna be nothing. And mm-hmm. he said the same thing about me. And for this, this crazy this for me. So where I didn't like my family at all. I did This is why I stay homeless so long. Because one side of the family hated my mama. The yeah. other side of the family hated my daddy. And both of them hated each other. To yeah. so this day, as successful as I am, I still got folk in my family who don't even like me because I made it, but I think I'm all that now, right? Got that whole thing going on. What would you say to a me or you? Both strikes. We ain't got no no hope. There's no hope for us. What would you say to us?
6: God can use you too. And don't Mm. you ever think Mm. that God won't use you because he will. That is your cross. That is your strike. And you got to wear proudly and you got to get amongst everybody who has suffered those same type of stripes so that you can be lifted up because everybody does not have permission to speak into your life. If they ain't never been through nothing, they ain't got permission to speak into your life. Like women who got three kids or less, I don't allow them to speak to me in my life because I have seven children. Until you know what it's like to actually raise up a nation, until you actually know what it's like to be a kingmaker, we ain't got no conversations. Until you know what it's like to want to kill your kids, but then make peace with them at the same time, don't have no conversation with me because this is real life. This is a corporation. And my life is set up around my children and, and, and their lives to make sure that what happens in the kingdom because the word of God says that whatever you loose in heaven will be loosed on earth. but Whatever you bound on earth will be bound in heaven. And we have got to stick to those principles. Be a principled person. Keep your integrity. And, and I know it hurts to do the right thing when you can do the wrong thing and be more successful. But please maintain your integrity and do the right thing even when it hurts the most. Because that's when you know that's what you're supposed to be doing. Because this this shit right here, it hurts so bad to tell my business, to open my life up. This is the reason why people don't see my children because I do not ever want my children to be bullied or to be, to be ostracized in their own way for having a mom who was sold in, into slavery. And, and a victim of sex trafficking and servitude for so many years because until your child come up, missing, nobody knows what to do. Nobody knows how to handle that, and it just does not feel good. You can make it.
5: You boom, can. You boom, can do
3: boom. this. Wow. God, I
5: wish I had. You know what? We're gonna have to. We're we gonna have to do this again. We got to. We got you. no, I'm serious. Like I'm not even joking. I'm I'm not joking because in I fact listen, you. I'm Nah man, because cause it wasn't until I was twenty seven or twenty-eight and I was on T V with the Uric Q or something like that show. I can't remember no more. And that's the first time I admitted that I was raped by men. Like I was raped by two older men. Wow. First I, and I did it on freaking TV too, right? But it was like, as soon as I did that, I took back control of my life. Yes. I had hit it for that long. I hit, and, and I have to see. I have now. Come on, now. you know, it was family members that raped me. But right? come on, right. now. come on, right? You 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 right. know how this goes. You know, you, okay, yeah. you know how this goes, right? You, you know yeah. how this goes. I ain't because gotta tell you. Because it's almost
6: you. like training, because once you're abused in the household and your family don't do nothing to protect you, that's almost like mental training for you to be sex trafficked. Because my ah. abuse start on the street. I was, I was trafficked with the men in the family as well. I just did. I, I, I didn't understand. I wasn't going up to them saying, Hey, uh, Hey cousin, you look good. Hey uncle, you look fine. You know what I'm saying? But mm. my family made me believe that that's what I was doing. I was like, how? Person, I wouldn't even looking for this person. Mm. I wouldn't even, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you mean? Wow. I didn't do this, you know? And so it, it does become traumatizing. And when you see people who you love not even take up for you or do anything for you or whatever, it's it, that's it becomes mental aerobics and mental training for you to be a victim of sex trafficking, just like that.
5: Mm. Wow. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> okay, I'm struggling title of this episode. I want to say something like a murdered prostitute mother, a sex offender father, and something with B.C. Hamilton. To it's when true. Both together, right?
6: no, I get it. It's true. And I, and I know people just like, how's she smiling? No, you know, because at the end of the day, this is my life. This is something I had to deal with. Um, and of course, if you go back and listen to any of my comedy that's a lot of what I was talking about. I was very vulgar. I I, I even did a, I did an interview one time, Anton, and I was so embarrassed because um, who was it? It was Great Day Houston, and she was like, so, Nisi, what are some of the things you talk about in your comedy? And the first thing I said, um, love, life, perversion, you know, <laughs> and when I said it, I was like, oh my God. I said that I talk about perversion in my comedy and I you know what once I let up I said that's my truth I do talk yeah. about perverted things because per- perversion is what my life was and here it is I'm making people happy about the thing that was killing me on the inside it was the mm. comedy is really what helped me keep from killing myself because had I not because I couldn't afford therapy had I not been able to get on stage to make people laugh at the stuff that was hurting me like that. Oh, I would have been dead. I would have been dead five years ago because mm. it hurt that bad to not be able to tell your story. To you keep all that stuff picked up and your kids looking at you like you did something wrong because your family telling them whatever it is they want to tell them. You know, it's like that is so not mm. true. And my boys, because I got teenage boys, they don't give me no problems. They completely respect yeah. me. They come love on me. They come and hug and kiss on me. And and I'll be like, hey, y'all. they be like, that's our mama. We love you. You know, they so precious. Yeah. I have the best relationship with my boys. And they very protective of me. My husband is very, very protective of me. And so sensitive and understanding what happened to me. And not celebrating it the way that other people have. You know?
5: You it's know crazy. what? That celebrating have the part. School
6: about people talking about me, like, you know, you know, she yeah. was a stripper, you know, you know, she wasn't, and they like, dude, she didn't ask for that, you know, like, like, what's up? Haven't you been through something that you didn't ask for? Haven't you been m- mentally uh, raped, uh, raped, deprived of something physically or, or, you know, whatever, and not been able to have that as a resource, and you're going to tell somebody that they can't? Because you don't see them that way, you know, mm, mm, mm. it's because people don't see me, see me as, as somebody who can be professional. And I know that if it's somebody, if it's happening to me, it's happening to women that's been sex trafficked all over the world. It's the reason why uh, they can't and, get jobs yeah. Because people don't see them competing professionally in, in professional atmospheres. You know what I mean? And we've got to get over there. Yeah. I want to break that stereotype and I don't want to. I'm going to break that freaking stereotype and if I wasn't on TV, I would say another word but I'm going yeah. to break that stereotype because you're yeah. not going to keep doing it and once people hear Denise Hamilton's story, they will be able to open up the doors for women and girls all over in my LGBT community all over to say that no, they do deserve to compete per professionally and they they did have a a story but they deserve a second chance and this is my second chance i am asking for the second chance so that our girls can be free so that they can have a success to live up to something that they can attain and measure themselves up to we have no value system we can measure ourselves up to because beyonce ain't telling us if she's been raped or not or oprah ain't telling us she told us about what her uncle did her and things like that she's opened plenty of doors and things like that but sex trafficking is something totally different than being raped one one time you know this is something you've been traded a day at a certain amount of times a day and that's painful it's so destructive so we need somebody who we can measure our success up to and i'm willing to open my life up to be that success measurement for our girls our boys and our LGBT community, our immigrant community, my Latina community, my my prison to pipeline for girls community, my um uh, prison to no my pipeline to deportation community. This is affecting us all. Can you imagine how many kids? First of all, the feds lost almost fifteen hundred children. Fifteen hundred children. That's right. And you bet your bottom dollar. Some of those girls and boys are being trafficked. If they're not giving them pads uh, and tampons, and they're not giving them access to use the restroom and brush their teeth, you bet your bottom dollar that those kids are being sex trafficked right now.
2: Yeah,
5: yeah, that's you know what? Let's just <laughs> let's just stop right there because they they're not ready. They're not ready.
6: They're not. They're not sorry. ready.
5: No, no, no. Because we think. We think, when you said 1,500 kids, we think all 1,500 of those kids unscathed. Nothing happened to them. They just hungry, or they deserve it, or it's not our problem. But I've never, ever seen 15 people in a one room in which two or three of them were raped rape or molested. I've never been in a room to where 15 people forget 1500 15 people at least yep. three of them have been improperly dealt with by some adult or older teenage cousin and it's normally family members right yep Crazy. Well, i thought of a title i thought of a title man murdered prostitute mother no what well, you know what this might be the book too it's a long title it's for the podcast a murdered prostitute mother, How about yours, a rapist sex offender father, that could be both of ours. That's definitely by though. Yes. Right. And and being trained for sex trafficking. Same trained for sex trafficking by family with Nisi Hamilton. That's everything we well, we talked about plenty, but that's everything that came from your energy. What yes. a fantastic episode. We gotta get you to come back. In your own way, as long as you want, you can say whatever you want to say. Ladies and gentlemen, all the show notes, in, in the show notes, or in the, actually doing video too, so in the description above the video, you can see all her bio. The first thing you're going to see is her PayPal link where you can donate to her campaign. Please. The first thing you're going to see, yes, please donate. She needs donations. You need a real Human being, like Nisi yes. in yes, in office. We need not; she's not a politician. We got plenty of those. You need someone that can relate and is equipped for hard times. If she can survive sex trafficking, yes, she can survive politics, right? Yes, so all that's in the show, <laughs> no doubt, right? All that's in the show notes. As long as you want, whatever you want, I won't lead you. Whatever is in your heart to say. You got the final words. Go after it.
6: You guys, I just want to tell you thank you for receiving me. Thank you for actively listening to my story. I pray that you guys do not judge me. Um, And if you are judging me, I totally understand that we do have some conservative people out there. And with respect to my people who are conservative and may not understand, um, how to deal with this type of injustices Um, you won't know what to do until it happens to you or to a family member or somebody close to you and I hope and pray that I'm available to be able to help you and to get you the help that you need or become an active resource or voice for you in that in that time of need but I just want to thank you guys I cannot tell all my community partners and liaisons who have already partnered up with me so far. um, Shout out to Lee Clicks Um, with Lena Lau. Thank you for jumping on board. uh, New lab series for getting the um, videos out to make sure people are aware about sex trafficking, what it means to me, how important um, it is to get the message across to protect our children. Um, Thank you you to uh all law enforcement agencies um that have been working behind the scenes actively um looking for missing children and making sure we we get the help the mothers get the help that they need um uh lloyd uh uncle lloyd he knows exactly who i'm talking about thank you um the other lloyd he knows who i'm talking about nick everybody in my campaign who has been supporting me, um, Charles Andrews, who have has been an active uh, father to me in my life so that I, I wouldn't have a missing parent. To my uh, spiritual godparents, both mother and father, Pastor Gene and Gail Johnson, thank you uh, to my church. Uh, thank you to Antonio Smith for taking out the time to listen to my story and making sure that my story was transparent to not just to my community, but to America so that they will know that, um, these types of things are happening and that people are surviving them and we need to get behind and support them in any way we can. So thank you for giving me your time and I appreciate it. Your time is everything to me. Um, and to, uh, to my husband, Kenneth Hamilton, thank you so much for having my back and being there for me, my children. Um, to all of District D, South Park, Sunnyside, Third Ward, Sagemont, Midtown, Museum District, Pearland. Um, thank you to all my seniors who have listened to my story, to um, Pastor Landry, uh, who, helped me when I was uh, homeless as a teen, uh, Cheryl Turner. I mean, the the story can go, the the list of thank yous can go on. But the people that I I did mention, uh, these are earthly people that God put in my path to assist me into becoming the greatest person that I can be. Um, And I cannot be a success at all without giving honor my mother, my late mother Kimberly, Lynette Booker I am not happy that you are not here to see the progress that we made I am not happy that when I look out to the audience after I do a forum or do a debate that you're not there to say baby I'm so proud or thank you for standing up and saying something for mama when I couldn't say nothing. I want to give you so much honor and you get the highest honor and the highest esteem from me, your daughter. And and, and I, I'm so sorry that you got to, that you had to die alone. And it is my hope and, and a dream to make sure that nobody's mother is ever left um, beaten, trafficked, drugged, and left in an abandoned home to die, to have their body rot um, in the wood of the floor, and fumigate the house, the neighborhood. Um, I would never want that to happen to anybody else's mother and because you have been so instrumental in my success. Mom, Kimberly Lynette Booker, I just want to let you know I love you. And thank you, God, for always having my back. Thank you to my Heavenly Father for being a father to the fatherless. You are my number one. Thank you.
5: Well, let me do something that I've never done on any podcast before. God, we come to you right now, and we just ask that you restore me, Uh, She has given everything. She is physically drained by now. There's no way she doesn't feel like a train has hit her. God, right now she is vulnerable. Her energy is low. Her life force is low. She was filled up and ready to pour out, and she did. God, right now, let these words, let the audience who will listen and is listening, let's pour back into her. Because in this vulnerable state, someone's going to text her, something stupid. She's going to walk out, something stupid. And let her be ready, because she is being filled right now as you listen to this prayer. Before I finish, she is being restored. I thank you for her transparency. Let her win this election. Let her continue to be a beacon of hope, light for women across the world, boys, men across the world. And in a crazy thank you, God, thank you for giving her her past. Although we don't want to do it again, she wouldn't be Niecy without it. According to our faith, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Good stuff. I'm so so proud of you. Thank this you. Has been a ripping of your skin, and me as a host, I ripped it off even more. I'm so terrible. I was, yeah, I did. I was like, oh, it's a tear. Let's go get that tear. Take that off, right? No, but this is fantastic. We're gonna we're gonna have you back on. We need to. I think we, we yeah, I, I don't think there's enough sex, sex trafficking information out there. Yeah. And if we don't do it, I don't think, I don't think people know that it's going to, yeah, you, you help somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been helped, send her donations. Don't send them to me. Send them to her. It's all in the show notes. You can plant better and you can dominate.
2: I used to laugh at things like law of attraction, what you think is what you create, anything related to energy, you attract who you are, anything of that nature, I used to laugh at because I'm like, that's not true, and then I came across an Antonio and his teachings of Law of Attraction. And at first I rejected it. Because again, I used to laugh at these things. And the more and more I listened to Antonio's teachings, the more and more things actually started making sense to me. Things started opening up for me. And things started changing for me. The law of attraction teachings that Antonio does have absolutely changed my life from the way that I parent to the person that I am today, to the way I do business, to the way I live my life. I never knew how important your thoughts, and your emotions were and that you actually attract that. You know, we always say, this is what I want. But what are you attracting deep within you? What vibration are you putting out there? And it took Antonio's teachings for me to be able to understand that while in my head I'm saying, this is what I want, the vibration that I'm putting out is a complete opposite. Once he taught me that, the next step was to teach me how to vibrate at what I wanted once I started vibrating at what I wanted that's what I noticed just how real the law of attraction is Antonio has taught me that thoughts plus emotion equal creation how to vibrate at what you want how to put yourself where you want to be to feel it to smell it to taste it to see it how to touch it put yourself there and stay there and vibrate there and it will People that you want to attract into your life vibrate there. Who are they? How do they look? What do they dress like? What are their characters? You know, who are they? And the biggest thing that he ever taught me was how to be a better me through law of attraction. I used to ask him, how do I become better? He was like, you create who you want to be. Cause i didn't know at the time where i wanted to be i just knew i wanted to be better and he told me exactly how to do it he said find the people who you are drawn to find those who are where you want to be and start moving like they move study them what i didn't realize was he was teaching me how to attract my future self and in the process of doing that even attract being able to associate with these people, be on the same level with them, be in the same atmosphere and network with them. And I have actually had the opportunity to start moving in that direction because he taught me how to attract that into my life and learning the law of attraction through Antonio has truly changed my life, it has truly changed my success truly changed who I am today and while I am not perfect in the law of attraction staying on top of and consistently listening to Antonio's teachings remind me every day to be grateful to attract that into my life to only focus on the outcome and attract only the outcome in my life and don't get stuck in the how and the why just focus on the finish line And I'll attract the finish line into my life. The law of attraction has made me a greater person. I know it will do the same for you.
7: When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world. Not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as...